Hey, my name is Phil and this is my wife Meredith and we are the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're so glad that you have connected with us here today and that you're getting ready to listen to a message that we know is going to build a resilient faith in your life. Right now in this moment and in our days ahead, let's continue declaring Jesus over every situation. Enjoy the message. Hey, let's get into the Word of God. Let's get into the Word of God. We don't have a whole lot of time. I want to jump into it. So jump up on your feet and go to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. We'll go there. I feel good. I feel good. Anybody feel good this morning? I feel good this morning. You know, we're in July. We're in July. This is the first month in the second half of the year first month in the second half of the year. And, and, and those that have been hearing me on any level, whether it's there at Strong Tower, which by the way, they send their greetings, their prayers, and their love as well. But whether it's my congregation there in Strong Tower or whether those are catching me online, I've been declaring that the second half is going to be your best half. The second half is going to be your best half. The second half is going to be your best half. And, and I don't care what your first half may have looked like. Maybe your first half, you know, was a great first half. You, you achieved a lot, you accomplished a lot, you saw a lot, but I just have faith enough to believe that even if you had a great first half, your second half is going to be your best half. Do I have anybody in the building that's got faith that your second half is going to be your best half? Well, let me go the other way because maybe your first half was not that great. Maybe, maybe you had some setbacks, maybe some failures, maybe some defeats, maybe things didn't go so well, maybe some unexpected stuff hit your life. Can I tell you that even though the first half wasn't the half you were looking for, I'm telling you today that the second half is going to be your best half because the pathway of the righteous burns brighter and brighter unto a perfect day. Do I have anybody that can for about three seconds give God some praise for the second half of 2022 being your best half. I don't feel like you got it all the way down in your heart. I don't know that you've got the anticipation to believe, God, that your second half's gonna be your best half. I'm gonna give you three seconds to put a little praise in the atmosphere like you know for sure your second half is gonna be your best half. Yeah, I'm believing that over you. Your second half is gonna be your best half. Put your hand on yourself and say that with me. My second half is going to be my best half. Come on, one more time. My second half is going to be my best half. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm excited about the second part of this year. In spite of all that is going on, war and, and, and inflation and, and gas being $287 a gallon, in spite of all that, second half is going to be our best half. Are you in Matthew? Are you in Matthew? Matthew 25. Let's jump to it. Bear with me. We're going to read 13 verses, 13 verses, and then we'll move from there. Matthew 25, beginning at verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish. Everybody say five. And five of them were wise. Everybody say five. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for their lamps. Look at your neighbor and say, not enough, not enough, not enough. But the other five were wise and they took extra oil. Someone say extra oil. Come on, say extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, watch what happened. They all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, someone say midnight. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, look, 
the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones, watch now, asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough oil for all of us. Go and get your own oil. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you better have your own. You better have your own. You better have, you better have your own. Verse 9, but the others replied, we don't have enough oil for all of us. Go to the shop again and buy your own. Verse 10, but while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, the other five bridesmaids returned. They stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't even know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or hour of my return. Father, thank you for this time that we have here together. We don't take it for granted, but we count ourselves privileged to be in your house once again. Thank you for your word that we've read. Your word declares of itself that the entrance of it brings light. The word declares of itself that it is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. I ask, oh God, that you would give us insight, give us understanding, give us wisdom, give us revelation. Spirit of God, breathe upon these words and make them come alive. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. Before you see it, find two or three people and just ask them, got oil? Got oil? Got, got, got oil? Got oil? Here in this particular passage, we see Jesus uh, once again using a, a very familiar teaching tactic. He, he uses a parable. And you're familiar with what a parable is. A parable is a didactic short story that, that gives us insight. It gives us uh, instruction. And so here it is. Jesus is giving a parable, a story that gives us spiritual understanding and spiritual insight. But notice here, as he is giving us this parable, that he takes time to put some detail in the story. He, he gives us some specifics. Notice how he says to us, there are 10 bridesmaids. Everybody say 10, 10. There's 10 bridesmaids. He could have just said that there were a number of bridesmaids, but he gives us the number 10. He never does anything just capriciously. He always does it with intent. And so I think we have to pay attention to the number 10. And when you look at the number 10 in the Bible, it is a number that means authority. It's a number that means completeness of order. It means now responsibility. And certainly when you look throughout the scripture, you see that 10 is in fact used that way. Even if we begin in Genesis, you will see that when, when, when God was exercising authority over the chaos and the confusion that the world was in, ten times it is recorded, God said. Ten times God said, and he brought what was out of order into order in the creation story. And when we fast forward and we see how he begins now, 
to liberate his people, the children of Israel, who had been in bondage for centuries there in Egypt, you find that he exercises his authority. He, he demonstrates completeness of order by 10 times now sending a plague to set his people free. Everybody say 10. And so we see it again that when he begins to give them direction on how to order their lives, he, he gives them the 10 commandments. And so the number 10 is important. This story has something to do with bringing things in order. This story has something to do now with exercising authority or having authority in one's life. And so we understand the number of 10 is one of the details that Jesus gives us in this parable. But notice if we take it a step further, he, he then breaks that number down to five bridesmaids who were foolish and five bridesmaids who were wise. Now, now, now notice here, because he could have broke that down any number of ways. He could have went seven and three. He could have went six and four. He could have went eight and two, but he went five and five. Everybody say five. five. I think five is, is important because when we look at scripture, we see that five has to do with grace. Five is a grace number. Five is a grace number. If we go to Ephesians chapter four, we have the five grace gifts, right? We have the apostle, we have the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, and the evangelist. The five grace gifts given to the church. And so when I look at this, I begin looking at this in the eyes or through the lens of church. Could it be that these five foolish bridesmaids represent a kind of church and the five wise bridesmaids are indicative of another kind of church. So if you will, let's look at it in that context because, because I think it says something to us when we look at it that way that, that, that on the surface now, you might not see distinction, you might not see uh, specificity. Because even when we look at the story, the bridesmaids at the beginning of the story all look the same. They all bridesmaids. They all have lamps. They are all looking forward to the coming of the bridegroom. But notice how the story shifts. Someone say the story shifts. The story shifts. The story shifts. The story shifts right around midnight. Because <laughs> the story said at midnight, that's when there was a shout that the bridegroom was on his way back. I think, that's, I think that's interesting because, because it's at midnight, it's at the time of transition when the old day is going out and the new day is coming in that the story starts getting interesting. Isn't that how it is in our lives that many times it's in seasons of transition that things get interesting? It's when we see the going out of the old and the coming in of the new that things start getting interesting. It, it's transition, it's midnight, it's, it's a dark time. And I think that's where we're at in society, in culture, in the world today. We're living in the midst of transition and change and there's a going out of the old and a coming in of the new. Things are getting interesting around here. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. And so we see that culturally. We see that in society. But I think that's true for many of us individually. If we were to be honest, we're in a time, a season of transition, even personally, or maybe even in your family. And so when I look at it here, it's, it's the bridegroom coming back at midnight 
And now we begin to see there's a distinction between the bridesmaids. I think this is so important because, as I said, it speaks to us at church because church can look like the same on the surface. You look at this church and look at that church and look at this church and you see all the similarities. You, you see, you know, they, they named Christ and, and you see that they got cool music or you see that they got cool lights or you see that they've got this, that, or the other and it all looks the same. But it's interesting what happens in times of darkness and transition. You begin to see that all churches are not the same. Mm, you begin to see that, that although on the surface and although at first look, first glance, it all seems the same, when transition hits, you begin to see that that's not the case. And so it is here in this story that the bridegroom comes. <laughs> and now the five that did not have enough oil start asking the ones that had the extra oil can we borrow some of your oil? <laughs> ah, I like it, I like it, because Jesus' response was too good. When he was telling the story, he says that the five wise ones told the five foolish ones, we ain't got enough oil for all of us. You better go and get your own oil. That's why I want to work for just a little bit, because, because we're living in a time and a season where you got to have your own oil oil. You, you can't borrow from somebody else's oil. You got to have your own oil. Turn and ask somebody, got oil? Got, got oil? Got, got oil? No, no, no. If you're not familiar, in Bible, in Scripture, the oil is symbolic of the anointing. It, it's symbolic of the Holy Spirit. We see it there in Zechariah chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. We, we see the connection between the oil and, and, and the Spirit of God. And so the oil, the oil represents the anointing. It, it represents the, 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 the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so the five wise bridesmaids said to the five foolish ones, look, we, we, can't, we can't lend you the anointing. <laughs> We, we, we can't let you borrow some of the power and the presence of God that we have ourselves. You, you got to understand that the anointing is not something you can loan out like that. You got to have your own oil. I've come this morning just to challenge us for just a moment to look down in our reservoir and ask the question, do I have enough oil for the day and time in which I live? Do you have any oil? Do you have, do you have any, do you have any, any, any oil? Because, because the oil is what makes the difference in the story. <laughs> when, when the bridegroom came back, the only ones that were able to meet and to greet him were the ones that had some oil in their lamp. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so I'm challenging us here individually and collectively to check whether or not you've got oil for what God is getting ready to do in your life. Some got it and some 
don't, and I'm wanting to know if there's anybody in here today that knows they got some oil, they got some anointing, they got some presence, they got some power, they got the Holy Spirit working and moving in their life. If that's you and you possess some oil, take about three seconds right here and thank God that you got some oil for the day and the time in which we live. Now, 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 now look at this because, because again, when we look at the story, when the bridegroom delayed, they got drowsy. And we're living in a time right now where people, sad to say, are getting drowsy. They've fallen asleep. They're, they're losing their awareness. They're, they're not paying attention. They've lost their discernment. But when transition comes, we find things begin to shift. What I like about the five wise bridesmaids is that they prepared for the transition. Can I tell you, wisdom is revealed in preparation. That if you don't prepare for what is coming your foolishness will be revealed. But if you prepare for what is coming, you will have what it takes. You will be equipped for what's getting ready to happen in your life. Wisdom is revealed in preparation. Ah, you gotta, you gotta get prepared. Hit your neighbor for me real quick and tell him, tell him, get prepared, get, 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 get prepared, get, get prepared, get prepared. Come on, hit, hit the neighbor on the other side and tell him, wake up, wake up, get, get prepared, get, get prepared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn around and look at the one in the back of you and tell him it's time to wake up. It's time, time to wake up, time, time to wake up, time. Time to wake up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on. You, 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 you've been asleep too long. You, you've been daydreaming too long. You, you, you've been wandering around too long. You, you, you've been twiddling your thumbs too long. It's God, God's getting ready to do something in your life. God, God's getting ready to do something in your family. God, God's getting ready to do something in your business. God, God is getting ready to do something in your life. I'm just trying to find a few people that have enough faith to believe that God has not done his best work in my yesteryear, but God is getting ready to do his best work in my future. I'm looking forward into my future because my future is pregnant with potential, possibility, promise, and power. Oh, do I have anybody that believes that your tomorrow is greater than your past? Take three seconds and give God some praise if you believe that what's coming is better than what's been. I'm just trying to encourage somebody to wake up, wake, wake up, wake, wake up. And so, so the oil, everybody say the oil. The oil is so important. We know in biblical times the oil was used for the lamps and it gave light. That speaks of revelation. We know the oil many times was burned and it was used to bring warmth and that speaks of comfort that the Holy Spirit brings along with the revelation that he gives. The oil was used to lubricate things. It made things easier to, 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 to turn and, and to work and that's what the Holy Spirit does in our life. Have you ever gone through 
something and you said, I don't have the strength, the power. I don't have the intellect. I don't have the, but, but the Holy Spirit stepped in and what seemed hard, he made it easy because he did for you what you couldn't do for yourself. Anybody thankful for the power and the presence of the oil, the anointing, the Holy Spirit in your life? So, so we see the significance of, of the oil. Now, now, when we talk about the anointing, when we talk uh, about the oil, we, we hear that and we see the symbolism and, 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 and the anointing is something that we, we sing about and dance about. But I, I need to make sure we're on the same page in terms of what the anointing is. And, and, and sometimes we can best define what something is by defining what it is not. So, 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 so let's start here. The anointing is not emotion. The anointing is not feelings. It will affect emotion. It will affect feelings, but the anointing is not that. Tell your neighbor, it's not that. It's not, it's not that. The, the, the anointing is not uh, goosebumps. Huh? The, the anointing is not a, a buck and a shout. Now that might happen, but that's not the anointing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of you grew up like I grew up and have a strong Pentecostal influence and, 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 and we thought the anointing was a whole lot of things that the anointing just wasn't. I remember, I remember, you know, young and, and we'd be in church and, and, and brother so-and-so would do the slingshot and somebody would say, that's the anointing. You know the slingshot. Oh! And think that's the anointing. Or, 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 or would do the bow and arrow, we would call it. You, you know the bow and arrow. Hey! And, and, and that was supposed to be indicative of the anointing. But can I tell you, I've seen a whole lot of people do a slingshot and do a bow and arrow, come right out of service, and there would be no evidence that they ever had any of the anointing. Oh, I'm disrupting some of you. Okay. So, so, so that's what the anointing is not. The anointing is not you being able to dance with your eyes closed. Tell your neighbor, it's not that. The anointing is not loud music. The anointing is not a style. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the anointing is not a hoop. The anointing is not tuning up. Now, the anointing might cause you to respond that way, but that's not the anointing. Tell your neighbor one more time, that's not the anointing, that's not, that's not, that's not, I'm sorry to tell you, it's not the anointing. I think when we talk about the anointing, we begin to see it spelled out for us in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Why? Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. 
I think this speaks to us of what the anointing is. Let me give you a quick definition. The anointing, the anointing is simply the supernatural enablement to do. Hmm. It, it is divine assistance operating in your life. I think Bishop one time said it's an unction to function. So when we talk about the anointing, primarily it comes upon you to make you effective in what God has called you to do. So it ain't a feeling. I might have a feeling. It's not emotions. I might sense my emotions getting stirred up. But when the anointing comes upon you, it's to empower you to do something that God has called you to do. Ah, the anointing equips me. The anointing empowers me. The anointing enables me. Anybody glad that the anointing is more than a feeling, an emotion, a buck and a shout? Aren't you glad that the anointing comes upon you to give you the power to be effective in what he's called you to do? If you're grateful for the anointing working, moving, operating in your life, take about three seconds and give God some praise that he's equipped you, empowered you, and enabled you for what he's called you to do. And so it is, it is, it is, it is that touch of God. The word anointed actually means to rub on. It means to smear on. It's God smearing on you, rubbing on you uh, what is necessary for what he's got in store for you. Let me, let me work with it here because, because the anointing, I, I need to let you know that the anointing or the oil, the oil is not cheap. And that's perhaps why we don't have a whole lot of anointed folks around. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's, that might be why we had five foolish bridesmaids. Uh, they didn't want to pay the price for the oil that they needed at the time of transition. Tell your neighbor the oil ain't cheap. The oil, the oil ain't cheap, no. The oil's not cheap. You, 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 gotta, you, got, you gotta understand you gotta pay a price for the anointing. Go with me to Exodus chapter 30. Exodus chapter 30. And, and let's look now at verses 22 through 25. Exodus 30. And here it is in verse 22. Then the Lord said to Moses, take the following fine spices. And I'm gonna read this from the New Living Translation. He says, 12 and a half pounds of pure myrrh, six and a quarter pounds of fragrant cinnamon, six and a quarter pounds of fragrant calamus, 24, verse 24, and 12 and a half pounds of cassia, as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. Also get one gallon of olive oil, like a skilled incense maker, a perfumer. Blend these ingredients to make a holy, there it is, anointing oil. Everybody say anointing oil. Anointing. Now watch this here, because I think when we are given, again, these details, it, it speaks to us of some of what it takes to have the oil, to have the anointing in our lives. It, you first of all mentions myrrh. Everybody say myrrh. Myrrh in biblical times was used as an embalming agent. It, it, it speaks of how they then prepared the dead. And, and so I think that speaks to us about the life of submission, dying to ourselves, that is necessary if we're going to carry the oil. 
Uh, tell your neighbor it can't, all, it, can't be, it can't all be about you. It can't all, it can't all be about you. That, 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 that if you're going to be anointed, you got to look beyond just you and what you want and what you can get. I ain't got no support in the room right here on that one right there. It speaks of submission, a life of submission. And submission is a term that we've kind of thrown out uh, with the bathwater. But, but can I tell you that even Jesus was submitted to the Father, even the death of the cross. He was the most anointed to ever walk the planet. So he is a picture to us that if we're going to be anointed at any level, we got to be willing to be submitted. Let me move on to something maybe you like, might like a little bit more. Let me go to cinnamon. Cinnamon was a precious spice from another land. During biblical times, it was in many places looked at as more valuable than gold. So this speaks to us of the fact that, that the anointing, that, that to have the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit working in your life, you've got to value it. It can't be something that you kind of look at as insignificant or something that you kind of are careless or casual with. But if you're going to really have the oil, the presence and the power of God, you've got to value it. David said, it, it, whatever you do, don't take your presence away from me. I've got to have your presence and power in my life. I value the anointing. Calamus was called sweet flag. It, it symbolized love. It symbolized worship. I think this is important because if we're going to be anointed, we've got we've to have a lifestyle of worship. You, you gotta have a, worship can't be something that you just do on Sunday morning, but worship is something that you carry with you throughout your day, throughout your week. It, it is a lifestyle. Why is this important? Because it speaks of consecration. I have found that if you're going to be anointed, if you're going to carry the oil, you've got to be willing to be consecrated, set apart. You're not always doing everything that everybody else is doing, but you understand I've got something special. I've got something unique. I, I've got something different on my life, and I can't afford for it to be lost by running around and doing what everybody else is doing. I've got to value the anointing. I've got to live a life of consecration. Cassia symbolized the fragrance of Christ, which speaks to us of the character and nature of Christ that we must possess. I want to be more like him. And then lastly, they said a gallon of olive oil. Olive oil. We understand that the, the olive carried the oil, but the only way to get the oil out of the olive is the olive had to be crushed. It speaks to the fact that in order to carry a certain level of the anointing, in order to carry the oil, you've got to be willing to go through seasons of crushing. Could it, could it be that's why we don't have as many anointed folks as we, we, we should have because we, we have somehow bought into the idea that living for Christ means I'm going to be, I'm going to be crushing free. 
I'm not going to have to go through any difficult days. I won't have any troubling times. I'm just going to be able to skate through and be blessed every day, be on the mountaintop every day, have everything going my way. The sun is always shining and the skies are always blue. I ain't never going to go through no hardship on my job, in my marriage, with my health. I ain't never got to go through nothing. And when you believe that, as soon as that stuff starts showing up, then you start bailing out on your faith rather than recognizing that your faith in God, even during the difficult days, is what's going to bring you through the difficult days so that you have a testimony of victory on the other side. Let me encourage somebody that's going through some crushing right now. Maybe things haven't gone your way. Maybe things have been disappointing for you. Maybe you've had a setback. Maybe you've had a failure. Maybe you're in hurting today. Maybe you walk through these doors and said to yourself I don't know if I can go another day I don't know if I can go on till tomorrow I feel like quitting I feel like giving up could it be that the season of crushing that you're going through now is setting you up for the greatest anointing that you're ever going to walk in could it be that truly all things work together for the good of them that love him I know it wasn't what you expected and I know it's been hard and I know you've been up late at night and I know you've shed many a tear but I've got to tell you that God is working that season of crushing to bring about an oil in your life that will cause you to move with great authority power confidence and assurance anybody thankful that God is able to use a crushing to bring about a greater anointing in your life if you know I'm telling the truth take about five seconds and give God some praise even in the tough times even in the difficult days even in the hardship even in the disappointment, even in the failure, even in the loss, God is able to bring it about for his good and for his glory. And so we see that the oil ain't cheap. Tell somebody the oil ain't cheap. The oil, the oil ain't cheap. We have to pay the price for the oil. We've got to pay the price for the oil. Where the oil is, there is an anointing. And you know the scripture tells us that it is the anointing that destroys the yoke and it is the anointing that lifts the burden. It's the anointing that makes the difference. I remember my mom telling me early on, early on, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, she was saying that yesterday when she had me out in the yard doing chores. Yesterday I stayed with her. She had me out in the yard trimming bushes and, and pulling weeds. I, I, I said to myself, some things don't change. I go home and I still, got, I still got chores. But anyways, she would tell me even at a young age, she would tell me at a young age, it's the anointing, Jeffrey, that makes the difference. She, 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 she would tell me, if you're going to do something, you better do it with the anointing. If you pray, pray with the anointing. If you're going to teach that Sunday school class, teach it with the anointing. If you're going to see somebody in the hospital, make sure you take, take the anointing with you. If you're going to preach that message, you better have the anointing. I thank God for good training. Because I have learned that it is the anointing that makes the difference. If you know the anointing makes the difference, come on, give God some praise right here. If you know it's the anointing, the anointing that makes, makes the difference. i got to hurry here. My time is just about out. And what I love, what I love, what I love about this is that the anointing, the anointing, there, there, there is what I call another anointing. Someone say that with me. There is, there is another, another anointing. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like what David says. David says it this way in Psalms 23, verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Watch it now. Thou anointest my head with oil and my cup runneth He, he said, he said thou, thou anointest. Yeah. In, in, in the New Living Translation, it says, thou anoint. I love it because it's, it's in this present tense. It, <coughs> excuse me, it has this sense of a continual experience. No, you missed a good place to say hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> David, David didn't say, you have anointed me. He said, thou anointest me. Come on, someone say, there is, there is. another, another. anointing. No, 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 when you look at David's life, da David was anointed the first time in the house of his brother. Then he was anointed again as king of Judah. Then he was anointed again, everybody say again. He was anointed again as king of Israel. So right there, I just named you three anointings in the life of David. That's why David said, thou anointest. You missed a good place to say hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. See, see, David understood that, that the anointing that got me here is not the anointing that's going to get me there. That the anointing I had in the sheepfold caused me to be victorious with the sheepfold. But when he became king of Judah, he recognized I need another anointing. He said, now, now this anointing that I have for one tribe, the tribe of Judah, the tribe of praise, that's a good anointing. But that anointing is not going to cause me to succeed when I become king over 12 tribes. I'm going to need another anointing. And the reason why I get excited about the fact that there's another anointing is because I recognize that God is getting ready to do something in my life. That a door is getting ready to open. That an opportunity is getting ready to present itself. That something is on the horizon. And all the, although the anointing that I had back then was good for then, I need another anointing for what God is getting ready to do in my life. Let me prophesy to somebody here today. You getting ready to walk through a door. You getting ready to start a business. You getting ready to start a ministry. You getting ready to see the windows of heaven open up over your life. Somebody is getting ready to walk into a new season, another day. But the anointing that you had up until now is not going to be there in the way that you need it for what you're getting ready to do. So what you got to do is you got to cry out unto God. God, give me another anointing. Hey, does I have, do I have anybody in the building that's got that cry, that desire, that hunger, that thirst in their heart that says, God, give me the anointing for what's next in my life? Anybody believe you got a next in your life? Anybody believe that God's got a next on the horizon for you? Give God a praise for the anointing that's coming for your next. Hold on, guys. Now let me hurry here. My time's far, so be seated, be seated. Come on, I'm about to finish this up. I'm gonna finish this up. 
Tell somebody, I need an anointing for what's next. <laughs> Say it one more time, I need an anointing for what's next. Now, 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 watch this here. Because, because Psalms 92, verse 10. I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. Psalms 92, verse 10 says this. But my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. And he says, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. No, no, no. I, I love the confidence in which he says that. I, I love the faith that you hear when he declares the words, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. There's no wonder or doubt in his words at all. He's not confused. He's not worried. He says emphatically with his back straight, his head up, I shall be anointed. I'm trying to see if you've got that same kind of conviction and confidence to be able to say emphatically, I shall be anointed. Uh, see, if you're looking at the circumstances of your life, and if you're looking at the events that maybe have happened in the recent past, you might say to yourself, well, I don't know, and, and I'm not sure, but, but I'm looking for somebody that says, you know what, I'm walking by faith and not by sight. You, you, you might be saying, uh, I don't know, I don't know, because this is what some folks have said, and, and this is how other folks have treated me, and, and, and these are the stats in my life, and, and these are the odds that I've got to overcome, and, and you might be saying, I don't know if God can do anything with little old me. I need you to make this verse your verse, that, that your horn shall be exalted, and that you shall be anointed with fresh oil, not an old oil oil but a new oil not an oil of yesterday but an oil that's going to prepare you for your tomorrow I shall be anointed don't you write me off and don't you dismiss me and don't you just judge a book by its cover there's more in here than what you may realize I shall be anointed not with any oil but with a fresh oil I shall be anointed I'm going to be equipped for the assignment that God has for me. I'm going to finish the mandate that he's put on my life. I'm going to complete the mission for which I was created. I shall be anointed. I may have gone through setback and I may have gone through failure and I may have gone through loss, but I'm standing here full of faith with full confidence in my heart. I shall be anointed. Do I have anybody in here that's got that kind of conviction, that kind of certainty in your spirit that you can look the enemy right in his face even after he's thrown his best shot and tell him oh devil that don't make me no never mind I shall be anointed you may have hit me there and you may have hit me there but I shall be anointed can I hear from all the anointed folks in here for about five seconds in the room if you know you shall be anointed make a little noise I got stand on your feet. That, that, that way, I'm, 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 I'm gonna finish up. He says, "I shall." 
I, I, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, cause, see, 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 you, you, you got to have the fresh oil because the fresh oil is what you need for what's next in your life. You, you, you got to have a fresh oil because that's the oil that's needed for what's next. You can't, you can't use yesterday's oil. You, you, you can't be depending upon what's been familiar and what you used to you, used to do. Watch this. God is too big to only have old oil for you. God is too great to be limited to what was. That's why Isaiah said, Behold, I shall do a new thing. Shall you not know it? Turn and tell somebody, I'm looking for my new oil. I'm looking, I'm looking, for, I'm looking for my new oil. I'm looking, I'm looking for my new oil. <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking for my new oil. Why, why am I looking for my new oil? I'm looking for my new oil because my, my new oil is what I need for my next. Now watch this. I've got to hurry up. I'm going to turn this over. So, so the new oil is what you need for your next. Now, listen to what I said. What you need for your next. Not just what is needed for next what is needed for your next put your hand on yourself and say my next my next my my next now why is that important it's important because if you're not careful you'll want somebody else's oil you will want the anointing that's on your friend on your sister on your brother and if you're not careful you're studying somebody else's. But notice what Jesus said in the parable that the wise bridesmaids told the foolish bridesmaids, go get your... You got to get your own oil. Watch this, because that anointing is what is needed for your assignment. I can't have my brother or my sister's anointing because it won't equip me for my assignment. Now look, I love to sing. Love it. Love music. But I ain't got no anointing for singing. The verse I hold on to is make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And I can get as noisy as the best of them. But you don't want me leading no service singing but my assignment is not to sing so I ain't got to cover Najee or nobody up here sing on I'm going to be right there with you because I don't need that oil for what God has called me to do I need the oil for what God has called me to do that's why I ain't trying to be like nobody not trying to sound like nobody Ain't trying to look like nobody. I'm going to be Jeffrey Scott 
Smith because the assignment that God has got for Jeffrey Scott Smith needs the anointing that only he can bring me. Anybody glad that God anoints you for the assignment that he's called you to fulfill? No, 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 no. Let me, let me do this last part and we're done, and we're done. Here it is, here it is. Because I really wanted to come and encourage you to believe God for the anointing for what's next in your life. Here we are, first month, the second half of the year. And if the second half of the year is gonna be your best half, you've got to have the anointing for the second half of the year. And that anointing has to be tailor cut for the assignment that God has for you. And everybody here under the sound of my voice and those watching, there's something that God has uniquely destined and designed for you. So that's the individual anointing. Now let me give you these few words real quickly on the corporate anointing. Because I'm believing that in the second half of the year, not only is there an increase in your individual anointing, but God, may there be an increase in our corporate anointing. Yeah. See, when, when, when there's a corporate anointing, what God has in his heart to do becomes easy to be done. When, when there's a corporate anointing, there's a power, there's a presence, there's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit in this place to accomplish what is in the heart of the Father. Now, let me give this to you real quickly, real quickly, and then we're going to pray. Here it is. Psalms 133, verses 1 through 3. You, we all know this. Behold, how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in what? Unity. It is like the precious oil, there it is, upon the head, running down on the beard. The beard of Aaron running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there, everybody say there. Come on, everybody say there. For there the Lord commanded the blessing and life forevermore. Let me give you these five things that we're going to pray. If we're going to increase the corporate anointing in this house, I want to suggest these five things from this passage right here that we need to embrace to see the anointing increase. Number one, we got to protect our unity. We got to protect our unity. That's what he says here. How good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in what? Unity. This is important because we're living in a day and time where there is so much divisiveness in our land. People are divided on every issue and every topic. It doesn't matter what it is, you've got this animosity and, and you've got this combativeness. And I'm saying that if the corporate anointing is gonna increase in this house, we can't allow the divisiveness that is out there to get in here. We gotta protect our unity. Number two, we gotta value headship and leadership. That's what it says right here. It says the oil comes upon the head. We gotta value headship and leadership. Bishop Teach taught us this years, years, and years ago that we got to honor those whom God sends us and God will send us those whom he honors. It, 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 we got we to gotta honor, we got to value, we got to respect headship and leadership. And thank God for the headship and leadership here at Cornerstone Church. If you're grateful for the headship and leadership here at Cornerstone, just make a little noise right here to let God know we honor those you have sent us. Here it is, number three, we gotta walk in maturity. Everybody say walk. Come on, say walk. Walk in maturity. Notice what it says. It says it's, 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 it comes upon the head and then it comes upon the beard. The beard speaks of maturity. 
speaks of maturity. You, you've never seen any little babies running around with a beard, have you? The beard speaks of maturity. And if, there, if there's going to be an increase in the corporate anointing, watch this. That means we each have to be committed to continual personal growth. That means, that means I'm endeavoring to be a better version of myself this year than I was last year. That means the stuff I was tripping on five years ago ought not be the stuff I'm tripping on today. Maybe I ain't gotten all the way over it, but I'm certainly better than I was. Why? Because I'm committed to personal growth. Here is number four. You got to stay covered. Stay, stay covered. Come on, hit your name and tell them, stay covered. Stay, stay covered. Stay covered. Stay covered. That's what it says here. It says then it came on the head, then on the beard, and then it came on the what? The garments. That speaks of covering. Let us stay connected to community. This is a relevant word in the day in which we live because we've got many that have kind of checked out of church or have now bought into this idea that, that church is optional. That the gathering of the believers is, you know, I do it when it's convenient or comfortable. You know, let, let, let me just watch me, you know, two or three services online and I'm good. Oh, snap. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. But I think the Bible is emphatic that we got to stay in community. That God has called you to serve him with others. Here it is, last one. We protect the unity. We value headship and leadership. We walk in maturity. We stay covered. Fifth, we expect a commanded blessing. For there the Lord commanded the blessing and life forevermore. If we're going to see the corporate anointing increase in this house, it's because every time we come in this house, we're expecting a commanded blessing to hit this house. We're expecting God to show up and to show out. We're, we're expecting manifestations of his spirit. We're expecting demonstrations of his power. We're not coming just to kind of check off the box that we've been to church on a Sunday morning. But when I come, I'm coming with my heart open. I'm coming with my arms open. I'm coming with my mind open. I'm coming with a hunger and a thirst. For the Bible declares, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. I'm coming expecting a commanded blessing of the Lord. Do I have anybody in here that says, before I leave here today, I'm going to get everything that God has for me. I'm going to get the commanded blessing on my life.